Got it. Okay. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode two of the Flipside podcast, where we talk everything metaphysical and upside down. So today I have a very special guest. You might know him from the spaces that we hold on Twitter, or you might know him from lighting up your home with solar panels and many other things. Um, in the building, we got Dre. Like, and you can talk, you can say if you want to be known by something else, because you got like some other names too, but we got Dre in the building. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me here on this podcast. My name is Andre Immersion. You can call me Andre or Dre, whatever. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. We've had a couple of interesting conversations in the chats um, on spaces and now we'll drop some knowledge for them on the podcast now it's legit now people can put our faces to the voices i don't know if that's really a good thing in this day and age um that was kind of like briefly before we got on this uh podcast episode i was talking about my first episode we both know algorithm uh he's come into a couple of the spaces that we were in we just had an episode with him and uh he was talking about how our faces and everything is just going to be modeled and datafied and all of that so you know oh well i guess we're adding to the system and the code but it's okay <laughs> we can get through this yeah 100 <laughs> percent. all right well anyway so i met you through gg33 we can kind of talk about that a little bit maybe um and that's how we met and then i just started to notice that you were dropping gems of knowledge then we find out that our birthdays are fairly similar. We're both nines. Uh, for people that don't know, there's like one through nine, 11, 22, 33, uh, different things with different meanings. We found out we're both nine life paths that tends to be adapt uh, adaptation, a little ego, a little intelligence. It's cool. We like to dive deep. So that's why I like to have Dre as my co-host on these spaces because he's got some random stuff I've never heard of. And usually I'm, I can pull out something. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring up this one topic that Dre started talking to me about a couple of days ago. And it is like the map of the deep state or something. So I need you to go through this. I need you to like walk me through because my favorite part is like right next to, I believe it's like I'm getting this wrong, but it's like demonic entities. And then it's like right next to that is Chase Bank. So I just need you to, to walk me through this, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, first of all, it's called like this. It's called the Octagon Group or Octagon Group. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, but essentially it was a meme I came across that had unmasked the deep state in all of the different secret societies that, you know, it, it started all the way from you know Geneva, Bern, Rome, Jerusalem, Washington DC, Munich, London, Zurich. These are like the main groups that all have like these secret societies that all are underneath, you know, there's many different ones, but what you brought up with uh, the Chase Bank, that was actually, if you follow the arrow, there's like a bunch of flow charts via arrows. You would see that the Chase Bank follows up to the Rockefellers, which follows up to the Rothschilds. So it's just like- uh. It's just like one of their entities. Um, and then like when I saw this chart, I thought of like Little Wayne's thing where he's like, I don't bank with Chase. I chase the bank. He's like, <laughs> I'm not banking with them. I'm trying to be them. I like that. Now I understand it more because probably yeah. he probably knows. 
<laughs> like, didn't yeah. he talk? He talked about the Illuminati and a couple of things, right? Yeah, um, it's like uh, Kendrick said, uh, who said a black man in the Illuminati? Last time I checked, that was the biggest racist party. And if you look, they're keeping those bloodlines pretty pure. <laughs> it's crazy. Did you actually see that? Not to sidestep too much. I think this is kind of like a correlation. But did you see the one girl? I think she did. She was 12 years old. She did a project where she linked all the bloodlines of the presidents. Mm-hmm. And they no, all. Like yeah, I can't remember. It was, it was King Francis something. Um, I might be getting that wrong. I, I love how I have like certain facts in my head and I'm like the names. I have no idea. But it's like all of our U.S. presidents are related. I think the only one was, God, I don't even know that now, but Obama was really related to all of them too. So Obama wasn't one of the, it was like all but four were related. Yeah. 12 year old. Yeah. When you really like unmask it all, like it's all a big ploy and it's so interweb. Like when you look at that web on the, the meme thing that I sent you about the octagon group, it's like, did the good guys have this? complex of an alliance are they this orchestrated in their plans to bring about heaven on earth or is hell on earth and the dark side the ones that are focusing solely on strategizing and assembling and when i look at that chart it it doesn't scare me because i don't operate in fear i'm not scared to death i understand you know that we're multi-dimensional beings experiencing this reality however it makes me wonder how do they not have how do we not have our own, you know, web of organizations going on behind the scenes that are unbeknownst to the bad guys? You know, it's like if you ask right. that person what they know about that, they're just going to be like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. And it's like, well, what's better than an enemy that people don't think is real? That just gets more and more control and right. simply, you know, fighting an uphill battle. You don't understand that taxes go up because the taxes you already gave them they misspent and now they're printing more money which makes the money you're earning less but it's just a huge rat race and it all benefits the people that are the deciders that actually just sparked something in my head uh you know we talk about unplugging from the matrix all the time and the thought of spiking up prices inflation whatever continuing the rat race because i've noticed and i think you've noticed too a lot more people are waking up uh, for lack of a better term, more people are wanting to stay home. Uh, understanding that time is probably the most valuable resource instead of, you know, trading their time for money. And I feel like as more people are doing that, they find different loopholes like higher tax rates, um, you know, lower value in money, whatever it is to keep us going and to keep us still in that same system where we feel stressed and always racing, like you said. And so that just sparked something in my head where I'm like, huh, they're always deploying something, seeing who's going to get caught in it. It's like having a spider web. Yeah. And it's like, even recognizing you're in the spider web, like produces the, the nerves and the loosh to not have you live in peace that they want anyway. They, they want all that. They want their little Freddy Krueger juice. So they get more powerful. Right. So yeah. it's like, even knowing you're in the web, like it's like daylight, who's a very conscious hip hop artist one time said, if you're not woke, you don't even have the right to say you're depressed. There's no burden. Mm. You don't even know what's going on. You're so, you know what I mean? Like the guy that knows what's going on has to go through life sane and fitting into the same societies, knowing, you know, super, like for instance, I'm sitting in a house right now that has a 
you know, $10,000 plus water system, because I'm not going to shower with fluoride and all this bullshit, you know, in my water. So it's like, it gets, there's multiple levels of consciousness. And I feel you. I have a, I have a Kangen water machine. So I was like, as soon as I saved up, I was like five grand. That's fine. <laughs> I, I bought a Kangen water machine in 2013 and it was like three grand and I had like five grand saved and I was like, fucking, I'm going to do it. And so I did it anyway. And it was a great purchase until years by went by. And then I realized it never even takes out the fluoride in your water. So. Oh it, yeah. I had to get a separate filtration system for that. And then I ran it through, I ran it through the Kangen. I know. <laughs> she figured it out. I had to. Yeah. And especially up here in, um, in California, like LA area, I just remember hearing, and I've never drank the tap water out here knowingly, like maybe at a restaurant, but there are so many traces of like Xanax and prescription pills here specifically because maybe in like the rehabs, people yeah. are flushing their pills. So they did some sort of study. I think it came out in 2016 where they were saying, if you drink a couple glasses of water, you were going to get the effects, um, like a small dosage of Xanax. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. I'm yeah. already like more tired. You know what I mean? I could sleep <laughs> anytime. I was like, that's not what I need. I need to be up. I've seen Xanax like take people's personality and like morph it. I'll never do Xanax. Yeah. I just feel like it's the worst drug. I've seen a guy that was incredibly charismatic and athletic go into like the darkest hole of just yeah you know, being a total recluse over the same drug. So I think it's gray matter in the brain, right? It's something it switches in your brain where those those parts are active and then it starts to go gray after you take too much Xanax and it doesn't leave your body easily. Like the half-life of Xanax is really strong. So detoxing it out of your body is really difficult, which is crazy. Um, in college, somebody gave me a half of a, a bar because I, I remember I had so much to do. I was like, okay, yeah, like uh, I'll just try that, whatever. I fell asleep immediately. I was like, this is not for me. I have absolutely no clue how people party on this. Like, I don't know how you stay awake. Like before I knew it, I was like passed out. Like, I don't even remember falling asleep. Yeah. So that was the first and last time. <laughs> yeah. I feel that I've done cocaine one time and I'll never do it again. It was like, yeah. I felt like people take that to like be fearless. And I'm like already like very much fearless in a sense. So when I took it, I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm ready to fight somebody. Why am I <laughs> going to fight somebody right now? I shouldn't do this. Okay. Yeah. Also talk about, so segueing Dre, you were like a, a huge fighter, um, like almost professional, right? Would you consider yourself professional? No, I definitely wouldn't consider myself professional, but like compared to like an untrained pedestrian, yes. Gotcha. With me. So like, there's levels to this shit. Like anybody, like, uh, I grew up boxing a little bit and, uh, wrestling very little, but mainly like jujitsu. Uh, I love it too. Muay Thai is fun. Um, yeah, right now I'm basically focused on boxing. I want to like do a couple of boxing matches. Um, just getting back to the roots, but yeah, that, it's all fun. You know, to me, boxing is just like a way to face the void. The void is like the dark area that you don't want to go and like face it. And like, even though it's like scary, like being brave is like in spite of the fear. Right. And there's not many aspects of life where you could like go into it knowing like, Hey, something really, really bad could happen. And you're going to go do this anyway. And even like when I went skydiving, it's like something really, really bad could happen, but the chances are like less than 1%. Yeah. 
no, I wouldn't say that, but like very unlikely. And when did you go skydiving? Oh, I did the highest skydive in the world like a year and a half ago. Where? Um, in Monterey. It was like a, it was a 90 second free fall. I didn't know that there was the highest one here in California. Yeah. Well, the highest one in tandem. So like it was someone on my back. Like I wasn't. Right. That, no, that's the one that I did. <laughs> I just did that in March. Yeah. So I did like a 90 second free fall and hit a fizz face on the way down. Basically said, fuck fear, you know, got it. That done. was kind of what happened to me too. I like knew I was like, well, people do this all the time. And like, if this is really the way that I go, like, damn, they really fucked up. And like, I guess that was my way <laughs> of going. Like, You're not going to die skydiving, but like the chances no. of you like getting kicked in the temple and getting hurt in a fight or punched in the you know jaw and break your jaw, like something like that has a much higher chance of happening. So like volunteer right. going to something like that or a jujitsu tournament where your friends and girlfriend are out there and you're going to get strangled and left unconscious in front of everybody that there's just like a certain warrior energy about that that like oh I didn't even think about that too where it's like you have to really be tunnel vision because if say you have any type of like ego about like oh I like I I don't want to see me pass out (laughs) you know just out of that it's like you can't even think about it's not even like going through your brain you know I mean it's very primal and so even though it is like strategic and very mental um there are aspects of it that are you know very primal um, one of the things I've been reading about lately that just been this topic switch. Yeah, do it, do it. This like decoding the hive series. Have I sent you these books? No. Okay. So you meant to months ago, Maurice went on a tangent about this and then you got them. And they then like, they are like the most profound, crazy thing I've ever read. And I'm rereading them like for the fifth time. And I'm still just like, who is this guy that wrote this? Like, <laughs> How do I have lunch with this guy? How do I talk to this guy? Because I have so many fucking questions. And right. And questions. it's like, what does he look like? Like, is he? And there's not even questions I can ask anybody else but him. And like the 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 writing is so definitive, the energy of it, that it's like he's not guessing. He knows exactly what the fuck mm. he's talking about. And after reading everyone's shit, like I've, you know, we're all autodidacts, students of the game. You see the books behind you. Yeah. You don't see my books, but you see my trees. That's cool. We got some, I got some trees over there. Yeah, mine aren't real, yeah. but anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> what was I saying? So decoding a hive though. So like give a little background for people who probably aren't in the same space. So like essentially us. there was this guy named Avalon Soul, which is, I think that's like an alias, of course. I and love it. That's actually a really cool musician name. Like if somebody, <laughs> sorry, keep going. This dude like, had a Twitter account where he was selling these books called Decoding the Hive. And I was like reading through all his tweets, like blown away. You know, it was just information that I hadn't seen anywhere else. And when you're diving into every different, you know, religion and esoteric text and, you know, Samuel and War and Carl Jung and all these different avenues, and you feel like, all right, I have a broad brush, uh, a broad sh- brush stroke of what's going on here and something like decoding the hive comes out it's so left field you're like damn so i was like dming him and i was like hey man like i'm willing to buy your books like these books are fucking insane and then the books were like i think they're absurdly expensive like a thousand dollars a book or something like that and against my you know judgment i couldn't do it so i didn't end up buying the books so long story short i was in a space and i'm dropping a bunch of knowledge from those books that I was studying, um, just like the the tweets about them, not even the actual books, right? Just like the, the free public tweets he put. And like, 
trying to break down like what the fuck is this guy really talking about and then Maurice came around and Maurice was like in one of the spaces and he's like dude like I have all the books I'll give them to you for free and I'm like there's no way and he's like yeah and then he sent me like I don't know seven books or eight books and I'm just like dude like how do you have these (laughs) yeah how do you have these number one number two he had read it all and he's like you know we went back and forth talking about various chapters of the book but like there's chapters of the book that blow your mind so much that you're like what if a genius read this like is he going to be able to like decipher this is he going to be able to like uncode this you know what i mean like there's certain things in the book that like here let me pull something up real quick just to like give you some context okay we need some context yes all right decode the hive decoding the hive (laughs) fucking weird but it is what it is is what it is until you find it, I'm going to just share what I know about this because I hardly know anything about this. I just listen to Maurice and Dre talk about it sometimes. And um, the one part that stuck with me is Maurice was talking about these little tiny, almost microscopic yes, aliens. Nanites. Yes. They're called nanites. Like the nanite Borgia retrovirus that are like that. 25 times smaller than a blood cell. That. So those are apparently our biggest leaders, right? Isn't that like the biggest, Uh, the biggest enemy, the biggest enemy. Gotcha. Uh They basically like, it talks about how like they want bodies built out of palladium. Like they want these like cyborg bodies built out of palladium eventually. And like, it's fucking nuts. But like some of the stuff in the, in the thing, like it says clocks don't actually keep time. In all cases, it did appear to look that the ticks of a clock would work out to indicate exactly 86,400 clicks per 24 hours is a reasonable explanation of how to get from here to there, speaking from an empirical standpoint of observation. 60 seconds times 60 minutes times 24 hours equals one day. Yet the problem is (sighs) da-da-da-da-da. Basically, it's saying that there's not 24 hours in a day. There never has been more than 23.9 hours in in one of your days in fact each have been 3.91 minutes shy of one day which basically means every year every year they're basically saying is less and less and we don't actually keep that right so like we don't actually keep time times are just clock is just like a mathematical equation that we agree to even though gotcha. it's not, yeah and it just talks about like so many different things calendars don't work uh this is all a chap like the first book the second book talks about how like planes are actually levitating and they're using like bismuth, which is like an alien technology that's on the beetle and the bismuth in the fucking beetle is how it levitates. And that if actually planes were flying with jet fuel, the planes wings would need to be 10 times stronger because they can't currently hold the weight of the planes downforce due to da, 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 da. I don't, I'm not an expert on the topic, but just like reading through it, I'm like, wow, if that was true, <laughs> fucking gnarly and to me at this point it's like i don't know anything to be 100 percent fact but why not ponder different ideas and when someone can right put together, when someone can put together like uh you know very credible stories and narratives and this is why i think this like i'm all for it i'm open-minded right it's so interesting to me because i mean what's the difference of this versus like the law of one you know someone else channeled that so if they're channeling raw then this could be this guy Avalon channeling something. Um, so who knows? I, I don't, yeah, it's like, you can take it with a grain of salt, but it, why not look into it? 
like even if it's not your truth, it's someone's truth that they're expressing through whether it's channeling or knowingness or whatever it is, genetic memory. Right. One of the things it says in this book is like, uh, you will never find you unless you choose to author that unique being into existence. Like daddy isn't going to be there every minute of your life. Right. Like, but you will. So like, it's very important to find the, like this book basically talks about like, all religion is trying to get you to be like somebody, be like something, mm. feel something, where this book is talking about like Jesus or Christ consciousness. They call it K-R-Y-S-T, Christ. Mm. Christ energy or Christ consciousness <clears throat> created you to be a unique expression of it. And so if you understood that you were a divine expression of Christ, how would you go through life and how would you go about expressing yourself to make that creator proud of the unique expression that you are? So you'll never find you unless you author that unique being into existence. So it just talks about people like, hey, what's unique about you? If they can't say a bunch of different things, then they probably don't know themselves very well. Like, what are some things you could do that are unique that an average person couldn't do? Hmm, Mm. I can knock doors and make a ton of money. I could freestyle rap off the top of my head. I could teach you how to fight. I could read your numerology reading. I could probably tell you a whole lot about your soul's energy and how you actually act. Like, there's different things where you're like, okay, I'm well-rounded now. If the guy's too nerdy to, you know, fight with the fighters, but too much of a fighter to fuck with the nerds, it's just like, you find yourself becoming well-rounded and you're just like- there's no such thing as being perfect, but like to be your highest creativity is to express your like divine DNA, which is, you know, your perfection. Ah, which I, I mean, I like that. I think, <laughs> I think that that's a pretty good way of saying, you know, higher self, whatever. Um, so it's interesting that he spells a lot of things with K like Christ. I remember hearing about that too. Um, Maurice was saying something, ah, God, I don't know. You know how Maurice kind of like goes into like different topics. I don't know if it was that or not, but I remember him talking about the Christ thing, or there's some sort of like crystalline material that all these aliens are using. Was that what that was? was like the Christ. Well, there's a bunch of different things you could be talking about. So like basically the, the nanites are feeding off of like black body radiation, like all this Mm. different shit. Like when you have, you know, electric lines that are oozing that black liquid, that's like like really bad shit. That's like this, and it's sentient. It's like sentient AI goo. That's like basically what they, the black goo they speak about. Um, The black goo is like basically what you could look at as like purely satanic energy. Like if it Mm. attaches to you, it brings out like the negative aspect of your character or like the, you could even like be possessed by it. So basically what it is, is just like these nanites that assemble your own DNA and like change you at a fundamental level. There's also an X-Files episode about this. The nanites were originally sprayed into the air through the <clears throat> chemtrails. <clears throat> and X- X-Files definitely dropped a lot of truth that people weren't ready for, like a lot. Yeah, not ready for it at all. Like when I think back to when I saw family members watching it, it was more of like a horror show, which doesn't even make sense because it's sci-fi, but it was more like um, a crime, like weird, you know, like that it it was, there wasn't even like this sub genre of sci-fi and paranormal activity. It all kind of fell under like horror, um, which was a bit strange when I finally started to watch it as an adult. And then 
when I noticed that it came out in 92, I think the black goo episode, the first one was maybe 94, 95. I was like, okay, this has been around <laughs> for a very long time. Um, and then I can't remember which season the lone gunmen come into the picture, which are like molders kind of like little nerdy tribe that can hack computers and like hack the system that the FBI can't even hack, whatever. They got their own uh, spinoff show. And I think that came out in 99 or 2000, very close to 9-11, but before they had an episode where one of the guys was on a plane and they were about to hit the twin towers and they had to maneuver some sort of uh, alien hack or alien threat, something like that. And then you see in this episode, they're like, he makes it last minute and is able to pull the plane, like either in between the twin towers, so they don't hit or above the twin towers, so they don't hit. And that came out and people were talking about it. Like, how did they predict even that, you know? So it was like, was that just a part of the predictive programming or was Chris Carter given just like the Simpsons or like these certain people they're given these roles. Hey, like you're going to bring all these ideas into the forefront. And then it's almost like you can branch out from there. So it's metaphysical what we think we create. So did we create this from being programmed to think about it? And it just kind of like all manifested or was this plan from some sort of long thing? That's my brain. Look at the guy that wrote the Simpsons. He's a Freemason. And yeah, you know, so they have some information. So I've been told. And um, when you look at these secret societies and how intertwined they are with everything, the chances of them hitting as many accurate predictions as they have, unless they're behind it is like one in a trillion. So (laughs) speak for itself. Right. You know, they've called so many fucking things that are like not even just directly, directly to the T. Right. You know, they predicted exact scores of games, all types of crazy shit. And so for that reason, there's just like everything that comes from the mainstream media, you have to put through the lens of like, it's probably bullshit. And like, there's some things that even I, you know, a guy Mm -hmm. that quote unquote conscious, you know, um, I fell for, like I fell for Q, I fell for Trump. I fell for all that. Right. And like, we talked about the octagon group. Why was I obsessed with the bad guys? Because I was just like, Hey, like if Trump's talking about draining the swamp, there must be a swamp. And yes, there is a swamp. And I knew there was a swamp before he said that, but like, wow, to unmask it like that. And to have 99.7% of the entire population have no clue they even exist. It's like, it's like every bad guy from every villain ever just joins and the good guys are like, we're good. The superheroes will save us that don't exist. Right. And And what's so, sorry, go go for it. Go, go. No, I was going to say they even control religion. They'll even be like, you know what? Just pray about it. Jesus will come back and save you. And you know, what did Kanye say? The IRS want they 50 plus our tithe, man. That's over half of the pie. I felt tried. That's on God. It's like, dude, it's, <laughs> the same people you fucking pay taxes to, you're getting tithe money from. It's like these people have a web of putting their hand in your pocket. Yeah, which is so interesting, too, because I've I've brought up this idea before. It's like when you have all the money in the world, are you just bored? You know what I mean? So there's this level of thinking for me where I'm like, if I had all of that, what is my what is my motive? Am I really just like a sociopath who just this is like fun for me. 
Um, or am I just kind of like bored? And because of my upbringing, like, even though I'm not a clinical sociopath, like I kind of act like that because everybody around me always has like, and then they're over here, like, let's just punch a hole in reality with CERN. How about that? You're <laughs> oh talking God. about being bored. They're talking about like, let's put <laughs> demons on earth. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I'm just like, are you guys, it's like a kid in a candy store kind of thing where it's like, daddy, I want it now. I want to like, see what this is about. Because I saw too, um, I think the first person I saw write about that, what is it? Like a laser? Isn't CERN like a hydrogen? It's a hydro. It's a fucking hydrogen collider or something like that. But like yeah. essentially it shoots atoms at like a hundred million or 500 million times per second across like vast distances. So like they're basically trying to rip, rip the veil. Right. Like, and I don't mean to laugh. It's just like, I find like, I sometimes when like things are really serious, I have to laugh because it's like, have we not ever learned scientists? You know, this is like the whole, like, yeah, let's bring back dinosaurs for Jurassic park. Like let's like mess with what exists. So like, let's just, I never believed in dinosaurs. Okay. Continue. Oh yeah. That's another thing we can talk about because this was something I actually changed my perspective. Like I didn't hear about that until the last year or two i just never yeah. thought about it yeah dinosaurs to me just always seemed like so ridiculous like i was just like bro what like and i love too how they they've almost used that story though oh like the comet just wiped them out so one day a comet's probably gonna wipe us out so it's like for years we've just been fear-mongered about some sort of meteor about meteors you could even go farther it's like we're going through space at five hundred and thirty thousand miles an hour and never ran into anything ever. Right. What a lucky group we are. Oh, well, Saturn's got a strong enough pull. Everything just hit Saturn. Oh. How do we know that? That sounds great. My favorite question I always love to ask people is, when did they decide the universe is 14 billion years old? How? How do they you know like, that? That's when we decided that it was 14 billion years old when we were there 14 billion years. Right. How, when, wh- why 14? Why 14 billion? How did you get that? How? It could be another billion. You guys could be <laughs> four years off. Right. When they decided that, I was just like, that was actually years ago before I got into any of, you know, conspiracy stuff, whatever. I just remember as a kid being like, how do we know? How do we know it's 14 billion years? <laughs> like there's no way for us to tell. To me, the thing was just like, like 9-11 was so fucking obvious. Like when I was a kid, I was just like, dude, three buildings fell, two fucking planes hit. Like, why aren't people talking about the third building? Like no one even knows three buildings fell. And then when you're yeah, like, I didn't know. I didn't know until like two years ago. If a bird hits a plane's nose, the fucking tip of the plane indents. And we're supposed to believe that this thing crashed into nine and a half inches of thick steel on each side and toppled it. Like the guy that created the Twin Towers said that it could have been hit by four planes simultaneously that want to drop. So if that's what he's saying, you gotta know that there's only one thing that could drop the planes. What could drop the Twin Towers at fucking full speed? Only one thing called thermite. What did they find in the basement of all the buildings? Thermitic material. So it's like, why aren't we talking about how planes under no circumstance create thermite? They don't just like hit the thing. Oh, thermite, nuclear reaction. <laughs> but also to a plane, it might topple whatever it, uh, you know, flew into. And then maybe the top because of the structure, 
you know, the structure is now, um, uh, dented or, or thrashed or whatever. So it's going to fall from there, but everything underneath it, it can't just all fall on top of each other. It's all like impossible. That's all reinforced. And the only thing right. about steel that thick is thermite. And they found thermite in the basement. So the whole thing right there should make everyone say, huh? Right. You start looking in the operations, Operation Mockingbird, Operation Northwoods, Operation High Jump, Operation, just so many operations that have gone on from the CIA right you're like huh oh what do you know the cia is on that little meme chart i gave you the octagon group it's like yeah yeah well what did jfk say he's going to splinter the cia a trillion pieces and then they were like we're going shoot your head off how about that well what what was like so wild to me um and this was again before i kind of like really dove deep was when i learned about operation paperclip which was oh like we're going to allow free pass for nazi doctors to live in america so we can get their science and the, whatever they were doing so mm-hmm. in this weird way people love to still um obviously he's a very good person to blame for a lot of things hitler but what's hilarious to me is that we've just given a total pass to the us government who has used the like studies of Mengele, like the, they always call him like the angel of death because he was one of the people who um, experimented on Jews and like did crazy fucking experiments on humans. And then now we just like have that science and we're like, oh, thanks. Like you guys did the dirty work for us. So it's this really weird thing to me where I'm like, one party is just like not getting blamed for that and when everybody's very guilty it goes back to like if they were bringing these people over and valuing them enough to house them protect them give them careers they both must be run by a death cult because (laughs) the only reason you would want a death cult scientist to be put in power and not killed right right it's it's that was like my first connection. Like my first dot was connected with that. I was like, well, it's like until you've broken down, like, hey, listen, there's maximum, maximum, maximum government officials kidnapping yeah. children for child trafficking rings, right? Like once you realize like that level of depth is going on on the dark side and that it's being funded by the people that you call when things go wrong, yeah, then you start saying, oh, fuck. Like there's a web here of entrapment that's socioeconomic that cannot be gotten out of unless everyone knows what you and I know. If we have a collective consciousness that raises high enough to where everyone recognizes we're all free roam cattle, yeah, pay taxes to the same people that want us dead and create organizations and viruses to give us the disease and then the organizations to vax us with but more the cure like you know yeah it's like they How give can us you, can you milk a cattle that's what they're trying to find is can they yeah you know, they're you know what is crazy to me somebody that has been very pro um you know throughout the last couple of years with the the shot whatever they today said to me you know what ever since i got it like i haven't had my period and i know people haven't had their period, whatever, all the stuff. And I'm like, so now we're going to acknowledge this. Like we've been trying to acknowledge this for a while, um, that this whole infertility thing is going to happen. But anyway, besides the point, it's just like, it, it is slowly, but surely I find people getting there like to make a long story short. 
Um, and to circle back to your point, but it's, it's wild because you just have to be very patient. Um, cause what is it? Truth will out. Truth always wins. True truth will out. Yeah. I believe truth wins in the end for sure. At least that's my religion. I'm going right. to, if God, if God <laughs> was hunting, he wouldn't be false. He'd be true. Right. Um, and he wouldn't be hate. He'd be love. And so, you know, fearless, loving and truthful is like the three virtues that I'm trying to preach to the all of humanity. And so like um, fear is their biggest tool that they control everyone with the media. You right. saw that when you saw people running around with masks, you know, like, Jack oh my God. And still people to this day, like the other day I had to kind of just sign off Twitter because you know, the whole plane thing. Um, and it was like, people were back. They were like, so excited to just whine about it and talk about it. I was like, I've never seen somebody or just a huge mass group of people cling to an inanimate object before. I'm just never, I, I've just never known that that was possible, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I wish it worked. You know what I mean? Like if it really did work, cool. Sorry. <laughs> like no, we it- could go into this all day, but yeah, I think I just to get like hypersensitive because I live in LA and it was just like so heightened for the longest time. Like, yeah, LA is a Nazi camp for sure. I don't know it. I hate LA. It's funny though, because I think, like I said, I don't know if it's okay. Another thing with, we're going to just circle back for a second. Both of us are roosters. That's a whole other part of like numerology. And apparently when I, you know, when we first learned about, it, it's like, we're aggressive and like, are we a bit, I think I'm a little stubborn. Like, yeah. right. It's like. <laughs> it's not like cocky but like that would fit the rooster thing um so it's like all about knowing like okay like when and where to fight or like when and where to be aggressive so I think when people would come to me I knew that I would probably get into fights with them if they wanted to talk to me about certain things or not not really fights I don't even think I fight anymore in my life um but just get like defensive or or overreactive I think is a better way of, of speaking about it And, um, so I just kind of didn't talk to many people and I kind of like lost how I was like, damn, they'll they'll never get it, whatever. I don't know if it's because I just kind of like stayed true to just knowing what I knew and just not speaking to anybody about it. I have people coming up to me all the time. Like, Whoa, I didn't notice this (laughs) or like, I didn't notice this. And I was like, yeah, definitely the night waiting for you. Yeah, the nine the life path definitely uh, observe things in a different light than most people yeah. do. Yeah, I have one friend who's going on like an X Files binge, and I saw them today, <laughs> and you could tell like they're going through one of those dark nights of the soul, but it's like going to be really good for them, you know? Because like once you experience that, you're like, fuck yeah, like you're going through some shit right now, but I know you're going to be enlightened. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like the dark night of the soul. There's like levels to it because, right? You know, I talked about something that I've gone through in the past on spaces, but I had like a dark night of the soul times five hundred where I thought I was like dead. Like, so the right. script- we that this has been confirmed by our guru Sam. Um, I think in every episode, I'm just going to mention Sam briefly until he shows his face on the show because we talked about him in the first episode too but yeah yeah, confirmed you had a 5,000 yeah he basically said that I had some sort of like 
kundalini nirvana some some awakening i don't know but regardless i shrunk my feet shrunk my testosterone dropped like 300 points within a week um i was super depressed a lot of shit happened where i didn't know what the fuck was going on thought i died thought maybe i dove too deep into like different kundalini meditations without proper instructions or reading too many you know occult scriptures that could have been you know past the edge you know mm -hmm. i would say knowledge is knowing the ledge whoever finds the end of their ledge can be a legend well in the knowledge game sometimes you find you went too far and then you're testing your mental sanity trying to hold it all together and that's like where right. a dark of the soul could happen where you're like oh wow i've obtained too much knowledge that i didn't originally have that's weighing on my conscious and subconscious at this moment and when that happens you just have to ground yourself, take a deep breath, stay hydrated, sleep on it, you know, talk to your friends, just let them know, hey, like, I'm reading some shit right now. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't have friends that are going to acknowledge that aspect of, you know, you deep diving, then you got to just right. take chin. But definitely, there's never an excuse for suicide, even though when you're woke, and you obtain certain knowledge, you're like, I thought this was a beautiful place. I thought this was right. Perfect why does it seem so dark and gloomy and like the good guys are going to lose? Why does it seem like, and that's what faith is all about. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, a mustard seed of belief moves mountains. And it's like, that's what the good guys really are trying to show is like, Hey, we just need faith. We right. Elaborate secret societies in the dark because the light will like shine on all the darkness and just like move it all away eventually. Right. I always, um, so I've listened to Abraham Hicks, who's like Esther Hicks for a really long time. And she kind of led me down this path. I think it was like 2018. I was listening to something very random on YouTube. I definitely don't think I even typed in like meditation music. Um, I think she popped up just even after probably like a rap song. And I was like, what is this? And I remember letting her play. And that was just like a huge paradigm shift for me. And I remember when she, and she still talks about this too, is contrast periods. So in order to know the light, you have to know the dark and those greatest people who can lead other people have probably seen so much travesty and, and depression and whatever it may be that way they can see the contrast of it and then transmute it into the opposite side of it. Um, and when I heard, sorry, being holy, right. That's being whole. Oh, maybe I've never heard it said like that, but it makes sense to me where it's like, I, I kind of went through a similar thing as you just, I never felt depressed before. And then, you know, I experienced sadness, but I never understood when people were like, I'm depressed. I was like, Oh, like, how does that happen? Kind of thing, like growing up. And then I got, um, into college and then I don't really know what sparked it, but I, I definitely felt like that where it's like, you can't really get out of bed. You don't want to like, you don't, you don't care if you live or die again. Like you said, it's like, I would have never gone to that place, but there are times where you're like, huh, this is like a really weird life. And then knowing that from now, I can now always contrast back to those feelings where I'm like, how did, how was I even there? But, um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be in the same spot that I'm at now. Like now I can find joy in just sitting. It's like you have these moments in your life, like really good shit and really bad shit. And they're like the white and the black keys on the piano, right? Right. And you just look at how it all comes together and makes like this beautiful symphony of your life. And it's like, if everything was all white and everything was all good events, 
Like that just means there was no adversity to overcome. There was no hero's journey. You were just like sitting in a hammock the whole fucking life. Oh, well, you were a rich person that was born in a trust fund and you just worked for your dad and didn't do anything really challenging and took over the business. Good fucking job. Well, looks like you're going to be in a hammock for 70 years. Congratulations versus the guy that, you know, embarks on his own journey and eats shit metaphorically and physically in yeah. their to build a skill set that makes them the man. You know, there's a big difference between the man that is promoted and the man that is, you know, made by himself. I like that. Yeah. Cause there's just more to explore too. It's like, there are just people who have that natural, um, explorative nature where it's like, they want to go see things. So it's interesting when people are handed a bunch of stuff and they don't want to do that. You know, it's like, you have every resource, but that's just me being judgmental right now, you know, teach their own, but But yeah, (laughs) here's a little thing being judgmental. So like, okay, I've had the luxury, not the luxury, but I've had the spectrum in my perspective uh, broadened by having one girlfriend in my past who had no job and a girlfriend now who has multiple jobs. Aww. And um, the one thing you realize is the girl that had no job expected everything and wanted everything in life and had all this ambition and the one. <laughs> no, stop, 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 stop. Sorry. That's my life. Don't worry. Mine were barking earlier. Oh, go to your room. Come on, podcast. So yeah, what was I saying? No, you're good. I just love how you're like, you can talk to your dog. It's like, I'm on a podcast right now. You need to go in your room. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking about how uh, the, like the different girlfriends, one didn't have a job, one expected yeah, it's a lot. Like the, the, some people have this entitlement energy where they want all this and they don't understand how hard you have to work to get the things that you have. And the girl that has worked for everything she has just everything's gratitude. It's grateful energy because she knows what it takes to go out there and make something of herself and of her family. And so it just, it goes, it goes to show you like your paradigm is everything. One person says, Oh, I have to go to work. The other person says, dope. I get to go to work. Right. Right. Get to go to work. And I'm going to bring a vibe that makes everyone at work happier versus, uh, fuck, I have to go to work. Why don't I not have a job? You know what I mean? Like right. one person drains the energy of the room and the other person's like lighting everybody up, just like firefly energy, just Aww. everyone touched, right? Yeah. And so like certain people are influential to you on like a subconscious level. Like right. you witness how sweet and kind they are. And you're like, hmm, maybe I should be a little bit nicer. Maybe I should be a little bit more kind. Maybe I should be a little bit more patient. And so I hate when people are like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. Right. Uh, me too. That's my biggest turn. I'm like, do okay. not, I will do the opposite. Uh, thing too over here, like you have to speak to me in reverse, but. Right. Me too. <laughs> reverse psychology. Like. Yeah. But um, God, I'm such a scatterbrain. I was saying something. No, me too. I'm sorry. It's the contrast, um, the dark and light keys and uh, people having everything versus you know, working for it and exploring. Yeah. It just, it just goes back to just like, you know, your viewpoint of the glass is half empty versus the half is glass full versus fuck it. I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink the glass. It's just, it's right. like, there's many different angles to take when, you know, looking at life and like what your expectations are. But if you're, um, Alec, why don't you go in your room? Go in your room. You go in your pocket. 
All right, I'm gonna have to smack people <laughs> up real quick. That's okay. But um, Aunt Dre lives with his brother. This, right? Yeah, that's my brother. This is some brotherly oh, yeah, energy. Alec, Alec, Alec just threw out the earth is flat. He just threw that out there. He wanted to get that. In oh, the nice. Box. Okay, cool. We can, we can go on that if you want. It's interesting. It definitely seems like it's not a ball spinning really fast, but it might be a torus field. It might be on the inside of the torus field. It also might be flat. Right. That one's my favorite. I mean, the, the uh, Admiral, Admiral Bird talking about like the, you know, entering the inner earth and all that. That's fucking insane. Right. That is a whole thing that I cannot find that much information on, to be honest. Like, There's I want more. On it. You should definitely look it up. It's like uh, Operation High Jump. Okay, that one. Okay, thank you. That's one that I haven't really gone into, to be honest. Yeah, um, basically, like, they had, like, all these ships and all these, like, flight carriers. And, like, they were going over there to, like, fuck some shit up in Antarctica. And oh, yeah. Okay, know this part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, like, met by, like, alien forces and basically, like, turned to smithereens and, like no time and then he basically went back and was like hey we can't fuck with them this is uncharted territory and then they were like all right well no one's allowed to go there because we're just going to allow that to be alien area and this is what's so strange to me i don't know what the movie was called but it just came out i think maybe around christmas chris pratt the russian uh alien ice caps thing did you see that Mm -mm. do you know what i'm talking about okay it's so interesting because it's almost like the Antarctica story where they find this mothership that's frozen underground, mm-hmm. kind of like the same story, but in the movie, it is in Russia. And um, it's like by 2050, they have time travel. So these people from 2050 have come back to, I guess, like around 2020, whatever. And they're like, hey, in like 20, 30 years, we're being invaded by this alien race. So we need to go ahead and basically recruit people from a different time period because we're running out of humans. It was actually a really good movie and really intense. Um, But it was like that. It was like underneath these ice caps, they found this alien race that was destroying everybody. And uh, yeah, so it reminds me of what you're talking about. And it's just funny because, you know, like we talk about all the time, movies give us little blips and i'm wondering if that was inspired by that <laughs> probably yeah they've definitely given us some blips like i remember i told a bunch of my buddies about like you know harp and how it creates storms and everyone's like you're such an idiot and then like there's couple- like a straight up video of this guy being like look at this water it's going to be up in the end cause a thunderstorm like it's it's like a pbs special about harp yeah it's fucking nuts and so Damn, I completely forgot what I was going to say. I'm fucking all over the place. No, you're good. You're good. I feel you. This is what happens. There's so many. This but, is what happened with me and Algorithm, too. That's why we needed, like, two hours. Because there's so many things we love to talk about. Yeah, just, like... <laughs> whew. Yeah, whether the Earth is flat or not, I have no idea. All I know is that we're not going 500,000 miles an hour spinning while going straight, while following the Earth, while, fo- while following the sun. Everything is just chasing each other through and then the nanites are after us and the reptilians are already here they're just not fucking yeah see this is what freaks me out though just really quick segue before i segue even further because i want to talk about this book because you talked about dinosaurs um i think it's really interesting that we even in modern science or whatever have a quote reptilian brain like that's what they call it and it's like attachment to our spine and just our reflexes so it's interesting that it's been called that. 
Uh-huh. And then I know, so Dre was um, the guy in one of our uh, spaces that literally like you went into the Inky and Enlil thing. That's a whole other episode, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but just learning that part where it's like, if we were cross DNA, you know, our brain is a, such a weird organ. I was actually listening to a podcast today about how our brain is like an environment. So when we think about neurons and, and wires and stuff, it's not actually how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a pulsating environment that like is like a team player. So it's not like this is really all about our eyes, like the occipital lobe, like everything's a little bit different. Anyway, it's just interesting when you hear theories about how humans are actually um, a genetic, uh, what like test of like a reptilian DNA and something else, whatever. Anyway, I want to talk about this book because you talked about dinosaurs and I have not read it yet. Um, I've gone through it a little bit, but it's the ancient giants who ruled America. Okay. The missing skeletons and the great Smithsonian cover-up. So you're talking about dinosaurs. Apparently all those dinosaur bones that you see in museums are giant bones. They're like, most of them are fake. And then some of them are like giant femur femurs, apparently <laughs> like, but like a T-Rex's skull fake. They've never actually found those apparently. Yeah. Um, something is very, very strange cover up, but I, I can't remember, uh, you know, the, the guy who does found consciousness on Instagram, have you seen his videos before? No. Okay. He had a dinosaur like Smithsonian cover up thing too. And it was to like mislead people away from the church <laughs> to be like, oh, there was an entire different entity on this planet. But in reality, it was like giant humans. Yeah. And, that's like the whole book of Enoch, right? Right. And so giants are very bu- biblical and very religious. So it's like, oh, what can we do to kind of like stray people away from these teachings? Like say that there were like these giant lizards. It's so interesting because it's like, once again, why? Yeah. Why would like, these people do to, this? You even go to like Adam and Eve and it's like, do snakes talk? No. Do shape-shifting reptilians? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Quetzalcoatl and the Mayan and Aztec. Uh, you know, all of that. That was like a serpent god. Yeah. Just some coincidences. Wow. Yeah. There's so many different things they've been called. The Nagas, all types of shit. It's fucking nuts. I'll tell you what, this world we live in is like super, super complex. Like when you start diving into like the quantum aspect of it and how we're literally creating our reality and you're opening up different time bubbles. Right. That's the part though, for me, I will say feels very light. Like you could go really dark and like create some really negative stuff, but I feel like that, like the quantum world and like the thoughts coming to reality, just being like, hopeful and positive that infinite love and you know we call it like infinite love energy but i've heard so many people talk about how love is the highest frequency that we can be on and so like if we're putting that into the world it's like anything can come to you it's like magic it's interesting so i don't know it makes me feel light like in this world of chaos (laughs) yeah to me it's just like the highest frequency in my own personal like spectrum is peace Oh yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Our natural state is, is loving and peace. And so like, when you think about a kid, he's loving and he's peaceful as long as right. he's in an environment, he's loving and he's peaceful. 
And so as long as I could cultivate like an inner Zen place within my mind where I'm just like loving and peaceful towards everything and everyone, even things that do me wrong, you know, I'm like, look, man, you did me wrong. But like, even, you know, you did me wrong and karma is going to get you back. So I hope you got what you wanted and you're ready for the clap back because I don't need to do anything. Right. God's got me. I operate on truth. So when you're the realest motherfucker breathing, you say, I don't care who's right. I care what's right. Right. That was one of the biggest life changers for me was when I realized it's like, well, I'm not doing anything secret. I'm not doing anything shady. And it's like, and it's like, if I were to find that I would just be, it would like eat away at me. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, eventually I'm just going to be like, I can't keep the secret anymore. Um, Right. Tell me your secrets. I'm good off all that. Right. Like, I'm just like, uh, I don't want to keep that because to me, my biggest, like what makes me feel happy is like when I don't have any worry, like when I'm worrying, I know I'm on the wrong path because worrying doesn't do anything. It's just causing me pain. So if I'm feeling any of that, I'm like, I want to get rid of this as much as possible. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of my biggest eye openers was like, if I can just let people do whatever they need to do, it like, it always works out. It's always karmic. Exactly. And it's like, it goes back to the, like my favorite book ever is like power versus force. Right. And it talks about how like the higher consciousness you are, the less force you have to use, the more power you have, or like the matrix is pushing you forward. Right. Worry is requiring a ton of force. It's requiring force. And it's like, damn, I really don't want to go to the gym today. Fuck. I feel like shit. Well, that's because your paradigm is I have to go to the gym, which is very, which means you have no vibrational energy to get up and do it. Right. So yeah, I just try to keep the vibes high because that's when you're going to get shit done. That's when you're going to feel the best. There it is. And I feel like that's a really good place to end too. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. you know, it's funny again, it's like already been a little over an hour and it's like, these things just go so fast. Um, but again, thank you so much for stopping by on the flip Take side. Care. And you definitely are going to come back eventually. We got way too much more to talk about. This was just a good intro. This is so. a good intro. We dropped some spaces soon. You could, guys can follow me on Twitter at Dre Drops Knowledge, but it's spelled like K N O W L D G, just like no. Hell name. yeah. But yeah, thank you so much, Flip, for having me on your podcast. And I hope you guys got some value from it. Hell yeah, I got you. Um, and like, I'm just excited that people are, you know, more people that I know, we can kind of like cross paths. And it's like, I really value the conversation, the information you provide. And it's like, I want more people to hear it. So I'm super grateful that you showed up and I'm going to tag his handle. So you guys can go follow him on, on the Twitters. Um, we do hold spaces. We haven't in a while. People tell us to hold spaces all the time and then we'll do it. And they'll be like, I wasn't ready for it. So so we got to pick, like, we'll figure out a time soon and I'll post that too. But yeah, again, welcome guys to the flip side and, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So we'll see you guys later. Bye.